This is the Mumsnet podcast brought to you in association with our lovely sponsors, Fairy Non Bio. I'm Fee Glover, and this one is all about making friends. <laughs> yeah, we can drink our tea while you build towers. Go on, guys. When you first have a baby, you enter a completely new friendship zone of how, who, do I have to? Baby groups can make you feel like everyone else is part of a club that you forgot to join. And if your child has colic or they've hit that biting stage, you can feel even more if you're not on the list, you're not coming in. But early parenthood can also be a time of immense bonding. It's where many people find friends for life. So we're going to tackle friendship from both your point of view and from where your child is sitting. I'd say standing, but to be honest, they probably aren't standing yet. We have experts with qualifications and we have the ultimate experts, people like you, mums netters who've been there, got the t-shirt and have the baby sick on their shoulders to prove it. He's got your book, hasn't he? That was such a gentle reaction. Questions we'll be asking. What age do children start to develop real friends of their own? Should we try and choose their friends for them? And if they don't seem to want to join in, panic or applaud? And what if we don't want to join in ourselves? Well, that's a subject which comes up frequently on the Mumsnet board. So let's start with the mums. Has anyone else struggled to make any mum friends? I have a one-year-old and recently moved house. I go to baby groups, but everyone already seems to know each other. Sometimes I've even initiated the conversation, but it's really hard if you don't get a response. A super shy mum I know had the bright idea of setting up after nursery at the local playground every week. No one is excluded. Bring snacks, stay five minutes or 50. It works really well for everyone. Just be helpful wherever you can. Offer to get a mum with a baby a coffee during baby class or something. You just have to be friendly and regular, I think. Getting to know other parents can be difficult and I'm afraid I've taken the slightly anti-social route of deciding it doesn't really matter. I have difficulty keeping up with the friends I already have. When it comes down to it, there are a few things as complicated as operating in the social arena. We all have our own instincts and skills. Well, mum's netters Jenny, Nida and Hattie joined me round the table to talk mum and baby friends. How did they find it all? I didn't find it easy at all. I really struggled to start with when I had my first child. We'd just moved a couple of weeks before I had her, so I wasn't in the same area as my NCT group anymore. Um, But yeah, I found it really hard because sometimes you have nothing in common with the people except you had unprotected sex at the same time of year. But, you know, if you keep putting yourself out there, it's a bit like sort of Tinder for mums, isn't it? You keep going out there being like, hi, can I have your number? You're bound to meet someone who you've got something in common with. For me, I find that I tend to be quite cynical and quite sarcastic about my children. And I tend to find that when I make a sort of remark about, you know, selling them on eBay, if someone laughs rather than looking horrified, then I know we'll stand a fairly good chance that we're going to be, we're going to get on and we're going to be friends. (laughs) Also, it doesn't matter if those friendships then kind of fold, if people drift away, you know, that that's no biggie. You don't have to worry about it in the same way. Nida, did you find it easy to make mum friends? As an adult, it's quite difficult to make new friends as it is. Um, and then once you've had a baby, you're not sleeping, knackered <laughs> all the time, you know, it's just 10 times as hard. You know, you kind of did the going to baby and toddler group things, kind of looking across the room at people. But, you know, I mean... It's, it's, it's tough and even if you don't feel like you've got a, a lot in common with somebody else, like it's still worth, you know, organising play dates. You never know. Even if you haven't found that person yet, hang out with other mums anyway, even if they're not necessarily your type of person because sometimes actually just the fact that you've got a small child that's kept you awake all night 
at that stage, it's enough. It's enough to just have someone else to go, I am knackered to and have them go, yeah, me too. It's mm. Sometimes that's that's enough. When you're stuck at home all day with a child, you just need another adult to just go, isn't this hard too? And hopefully they'll go, yes, it is. And sometimes that's that's enough to keep you going. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, we can drink our tea while you build towers. Go on, guys. Go on, guys. Hi. Yes, just having someone else to drink tea with, or even something a bit stronger, while your little ones stack more bricks can be comforting. This Thursday, we've planned a like a mum's get together to have to have mulled wine, like a daytime drink and and mince pies. You're tired, aren't you? This is mum's netter, Aaron. It's it's different though. So like sometimes you'll meet the same mums in a in a baby group, but you would never. Careful, Dara. You would you wouldn't meet up with them regularly or outside that group. But then other mums you just you just click with and then you'd be like, okay, cool, let's exchange numbers and then we can meet up another time. Yeah, and then I've talked to other mums who like obviously have like NCT groups. But I find sometimes because you're like you're like forced into a group and let's say there's like seven of you, like any person, you're not gonna get along with everybody. And it's almost like a forced meetup and it's it's quite difficult. But but then, obviously, within those seven people, there's got to be one person that you get along with. So then you can make your personal friendship with them and then meet outside that group, which is completely fine, I think, because, um, you know, there's, there's not, you know, there's only a certain time for small talk. And then, and then it gets boring. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just going to be honest with you. It really is like parallel play for mums and dads, and Erin is right. It's nice to have a circle of mum friends to meet with, but it would be unrealistic to expect to get on with everyone. Just like any work environment, and the playgroups and the baby clinics are your office for a while, there's always a Pamela from accounts who really gets on your wick. But let's not forget one of the most important developments in the sharing, caring arena of parenting, the thing that changed the horizon for many of us, Mumsnet, a lifeline of support and friendship as long as your Wi-Fi is working, and it's where great friendships have started. This is Naughty and Pisty's story. Originally Naughty Locks and rather be on the piste on Mumsnet. My first communication with Naughty was on a thread on Mumsnet that I started. A really silly, light-hearted one about arranging cutlery in a drawer. Sounds mad. And suddenly there she was in full-on mischief mode and the thread was enormous fun. And aside from this sense of humour, we'd met on other threads too and we clearly had similar interests. I think this kind of connection just takes you out of the everyday. It gives you opportunities to talk to someone, different opportunities. Notty was spending a lot of time on her own at home because she was really unwell. Happily, she's over that now. And although I was working and really busy, I seemed to spend a lot of time on my own because my husband travels such a lot through work and the kids would be in bed. It was only about six months later, actually, that we met, and in a pub, we discovered a shared love of gin, so that was smashing. I said to her, how on earth am I going to know who you are? And she said, don't worry, I've got this. I'll wear a hydrangea, and she did. A blooming great big hefty hydrangea, but I certainly knew who she was. It was pretty obvious, certainly for me early on, that I'd met somebody who was on the same wavelength as me. Roll on six years and the two co-run a charity called Woolly Hugs, a community of crafters making blankets and quilts for bereaved and sick families. 
almost certainly we chat to each other more than we do to our other other halves and we see each other as often as possible although when we get together we do tend to drink far too much gin so it's just as well she lives an hour away and we go on holiday with our families now every summer which is wonderful she's my go-to and I love her the Mums Net podcast is brought to you with the help of Fairy Non Bio, and the help doesn't end there. They've got these new liquid tabs available, they're softest ever for the whole family. But what about babies and friendship? It's easy to feel worried about your child's interactions with other small people, the snatching, grabbing, the tears, and the tantrums. What does it all mean? My two year old son goes to a childminder three days a week. And recently she's told me he doesn't seem to want to interact with the other children. Doing his own thing, looking at a book or building something. I'm wondering whether this is normal for his age. We live out in the middle of nowhere, half an hour from a big town. My daughter does see a fair number of adults, but not many children of her own age. Am I depriving her? Should I make more of an effort for her to play with her own age children? Last night, after picking her up from nursery, my daughter said to me, nobody plays with me. I found it unbearable to hear that. My son has started biting and pulling other children's hair when we're out with friends. It's a nightmare and it really upsets me as I feel other people are judging me by this and I find it really hard to know what to do when it happens. Well, it is hard to know what to do. When my kids did something horrible, I told them off first then told them to apologise, which was usually comical. Sorry. And I did that thing which people have written whole psycho-babbly books about, where I tried to diffuse the situation by asking the annoyed or upset parent of the small creature my child had just assaulted if they had any tips for dealing with these kind of situations. And that usually lanced the boil. Everyone likes to be asked their opinion. Why would babyhood be any different? It might not always work for you, but actually I learnt some pretty good stuff that way. Not least that some people can really go on. But it is also good to know that in the early days you can help your child develop their eager little social brains. Dr Rebecca Chilvers is a paediatric clinical psychologist. Well, we know that the babies are wired for social contact and they're fascinated by, by you and other people right from the very beginning. Um, they take delight in the interactions with you and they watch you very carefully as they interact and, and learn from you. Initially, when babies are very small, um, they may be interested in other babies playing alongside them, but they often need adults to support that interaction. They're not going to be able to sustain that on their own. And also, there's quite a variation at that very young age in terms of... Um, how easy some babies find it to be around others that they don't know. And that sort of interaction and the success of that is also really affected by things such as time of day, whether they're in the mood, um, whether they're hungry or they're tired. From about 18 months to three, they're learning much more about the world and how to relate to other people. So they're learning about concepts like how to be friendly or how to join in with others. But they're still very much playing alongside other children rather than with them. So they're still going to need your help a little bit to negotiate. So, for example, we've all been there when your child wants the toy and the other child takes it and there's a little bit of a, a tussle. And that's the kind of time where they're going to really need your guidance as a parent to help negotiate that. Look, you have that one. She can have that one. Oh! And then, no. No, I don't want that one. I want the one that... No, no, no. You fight between yourselves. He's got got your book, hasn't he? That was such a gentle Ah, yes. Sharing. I wonder how that panned out. 
Everyone goes through an antisocial stage with their little one, and it can be really difficult to know how to handle it. Some children are biters, some children hitters, some children push. It is just a, it's just a phase. So to, to not worry about it too much, obviously, you know, try and explain to them. But don't go down any sort of drastic routes like getting really cross with them because that just doesn't help. You know, they're all just children yeah. at the end of the day. So when you say try and explain to them, what, what is it that you say in that conversation? I mean, it's hard because they, they, haven't, they haven't really developed empathy if they're only two or something. But, you know, it hurts someone. It, it's not allowed it's against the rules I quite often you know have to say to my son who's three so he's a bit older now but say you know the rules here are the same as the rules at nursery I had a situation at um, a nursery party where my daughter um, snatched something from another child and I witnessed it from across the room and uh, the other child's mother was standing right there so you know saw the whole thing and I felt this immense pressure to do something because I didn't want to be seen as the person who was letting her child kind of run riot so um, I walked over and just immediately told my daughter off was like we don't do that at which point she got quite upset and refused to apologize I think if I could do that again I'd perhaps not charge over all guns are blazing in a, in a bid to kind of show to this other mum that I was doing something about it and I'd kind of be a bit more calm I do feel that sometimes our reactions are more for other people rather than yeah. what our children have actually done so true totally agree yeah it's definitely for other people isn't it and then you realize oh i could have handled that in a completely different way but yeah we do we like oh god someone's gonna think that i'm a horrible mother if my child's pushed or bitten or you know done something wrong jenny do you have any experience of dealing with the nasties my little boy is awful he is the most possessive child i've ever known if, if another child so much as looks at him if we're out in a play group or something it doesn't have to be anywhere near him and joshy immediately starts kind of clutching his toys to me going no no share share because share to josh means something completely different to it does to everyone else it basically means get away keep away from me don't touch me don't even look at me so what is it that might bring a child who can't handle the sharing round to everyone else's point of view? Well, I promised you experts and we have one of the best on hand. It's only Dr. Sam Wass, a developmental cognitive neuroscientist. You might know his work on the telly with the Secret Life Of series. So children's development of morality is quite a complex thing. And one of the things I really notice about children is they're not so sensitive to good and bad, but they're much more sensitive to what gets them praise. Um, so a child will very directly do something that it knows will get it praise. So the easiest way to encourage sharing in a child is just very consistently, every time they do it, give them praise. That's the quickest way for a child to learn to share. Children are quite up and down in terms of their mood. They spend a lot of time out of control of their behaviour. So there's always a disjunction which is important to recognise. Does the child A, recognise that they're supposed to share, or B, is the child in control of enough of their mood at the time to bring themselves to do something that they know that they should do. And it's important to recognise those two different routes to a child not sharing because you want to be dealing with them in a very different way. And the other thing to think about is setting up playdates and social situations which have the best chance of success. If you have a son who never stops moving, don't fix up playdates in cafes. I learned this the hard way. If you have a daughter who sings at the top of her voice, best avoid the library still hadn't learned by the time I had her. If only I'd thought this simple thing through. Thankfully, Dr Rebecca has. Very often, children are taken into situations which just aren't ideal. They're very loud, they're chaotic, they don't suit potentially the temperament of your child. So it's really thinking about your child and thinking, 
when are they best? Is that a small group of people in my house with, with familiar toys? And setting that up first and letting them have an experience of what it feels like for something to feel successful. And this tip is the best. When it all goes wrong, and it will, just leave. Don't be shy, don't stress it out, just go and do something else instead. We are, in the most part, one of the most full-on parenting generations the world has ever known. There's just so much stuff out there about how to do it, and I'm not unaware that this podcast is adding to that pile. Good parenting and trying hard to do it all well isn't something to laugh at, although a lot of people do, but the feeling that the playground is some kind of competitive arena can be exhausting. Don't ever feel bad about choosing an easy path. To be honest, most of my children's friends are just the children of really nice mum and dads <laughs> who I get on with very well and they see a lot of them. When we organise the play dates and stuff, like it, people who come, the children who come to my house are the children of the parents who I like. Frank's just got a little group of two other boys who I'm getting him together with because he's going to be going to school at the same time as them. Um, but he he doesn't really, he said to me the other day, he said, Mummy, what, what are those boys called again? And I told them him their names. And he was like, yes, my best friends. And I was like, <laughs> well, um, if you don't know their names, I'm not 100% sure you can classify them as your best friends. Um, but yeah, that's how he rolls. He's pretty fickle. My daughter's got a really tight little group of friends. And she's always been, she's always been quite good at making friends, which was a big relief to me because it wasn't something I was good at as a child. But she <laughs> can just walk into a playground and come out with a new best friend. And uh, when she went to nursery, she um, made a group of, of, of th- with three other little girls, and they are they are they're, they're, they're besties. It's they are incredibly close. If we accept that every child is different and every mum needs to find their own way, it's worth saying before we go that there are milestones to look out for. And although there's always something you can put into the worry vacuum, those first huge hurdles of meeting other kids, well, that's going to be over with forever quite soon. By the age of three, so when they're starting probably a preschool, they're making friends, but that friendship is not the kind of concept if you like that we would as adults describe friendship truly reciprocal um so for example children of that age will de- define a friend as somebody who's near them who likes the same kind of things that they do or likes to play with the same toys um, and they do have preferences for some children over others often children who are more like them but they don't tend to be consistent so you might hear many a three-year-old come home and say he wasn't my friend today he's not my friend anymore and that might be because they didn't want to play with the bricks they wanted to play with the sand so there's a there's a fluidity to that so it's not until beyond the age of around four that friendship goes beyond really the current activity a child might be doing in my experience I think there's quite a lot of anxiety around friendships and young children you know children take different times to warm up or or get used to making friends but things like sharing and that sort of thing they don't happen naturally and and young babies don't do that naturally because they're very much about what they need and what they want so it's about having a realistic expectation for how old your child is. We hope that something in this little podcast has been of use to you. There is much more chat about friendships on the Mumsnet boards. It's how the parenting platform got started, really. And you know already that parenting can be a strange and wonderful place, but also hugely daunting. The sheer relief of being able to share it all can make even the longest day seem manageable. So don't be that mum struggling alone. And if you're one of those more confident parents... 
then why not do the nice thing and notice when the woman next to you at the baby clinic is reaching out for a chat and a bit of company. I feel a song coming on, which means that you're about to press stop anyway, so we'll say goodbye. The Mums Net Baby podcast is a testbed production. I'm Fee Glover and we've been talking all about making friends. Thanks to our lovely sponsors, Fairy Non Bio, who made this episode possible. And most of all, thank you to you for listening. Listening.